0: Hi, this is Gene Casella from Port St. John, Florida, and you're listening to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. Start the
1: game! Let's go! We'll do it live. Okay. We'll do it live! I can, I'll
2: write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike your match, and oh!
0: Should we call the fire department?
2: That might be a good idea. Good evening and welcome to the really big Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. This show originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame City, Bomb City, USA, Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evenings, a live fire, fun, and frivolity show. If you want to get in touch with the show this evening or you want to follow the show during off-show
0: hours, here's how you do all that. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to Greg at Show.com. Follow us on all the social media channels at BBQ Central Show. And be sure to subscribe to the show podcast feed on your favorite podcast platform.
2: Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, TheBBQCentralShow.com. And here's what's happening in case you get the newsletter. Coming up in about 12 minutes from now. She's been on the show a few times. She is the pitmaster of the competition team Girls Can Grill. She's the founder of the website, girlscangrill.com. Christy Vanover joins me. Christy was live and in person at the Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas two weeks ago. So we talked about it with Wes Wright last week, just two dudes chopping it up who weren't actually there. But Christy was actually there. And we'll talk to her about some of the things she was able to touch and feel, look for breakout items in 2024, all that fun stuff. So look for that in just a few short minutes. And then, after we talk with Christy, we will be revisited by the Barbecue Central Show's resident cigar expert, co-host of the Cigar Authorities podcast, Mr. Jonathan rejoins the show. We've been doing Cigar School the last few times that he's been on, Two times ago, we talked about what is a wrapper of a cigar and why you need it, and what it does. The next time he was on, after that, we talked about the binder. And then tonight, we are digging into the final piece of what makes up a cigar, which is the filler tobaccos. So we'll talk about filler leaf and where that comes from and why you have it and how it imparts flavor in the cigar and all that fun stuff. So Mr. Jonathan closing out the first hour, and then second hour. It's the fourth Tuesday of a month, and that can only mean a refiring of the most popular recurring segment ever: the embedded correspondence. Doug Scheiding from Texas, John Solberg from Michigan, and Rusty Monson of the great state of Utah. Sorry, my mistake, great city of Utah. <laughs> <laughs> For forgive me. Yeah. So Look for those three guys coming up in the second hour. We have a long, ever-growing list of 100% Assurity questions. And then if we have time left over remaining in the show, we will have some other topics outside of Assurity questions that we want to dig into as well. So looking forward to the Embedded Correspondence as we do each fourth Tuesday of the month in the second hour. Christy Vanover, Girls Can Grill, Mr. Jonathan, your first hour. Embedded Correspondence, your second hour. Don't forget, you can follow me socially, Instagram, X, TikTok, and the Snapper Snaps at BBQ Central Show. We say good evening to all of you watching tonight through one of those video streaming platforms. You can go to facebook.com slash BBQ Central Show to watch. You can go to twitter.com slash BBQ Central Show to watch. And you can also watch on YouTube, which is youtube.com slash at BBQ Central Show where we also have a YouTube poll question of the week, which is the only place you can get certifiable results and voting. Tonight we're asking everybody this on the heels of Jess Pryle's segment last week, where the tail end of that whole conversation got a little sideways in a good way. But we're going to ask everybody this. Have you ever eaten questionable shrimp or prime rib at the strip club? And currently, 71% of you are saying hell no to the no-no. I have to be honest. After listening to her last week, I thought I was going to be in the long minority of that. Got a lot of feedback. A lot of people love Jess's segment, the whole thing. Last week, thought it was the best segment ever that she's done on the show. A lot of people coming in, talking about you've never eaten at the script club. No. No. Never have, never will. Very gross to me. 29% of you, though, have had a questionable shrimp or prime rib meal at the strip club. So we'll ask all guests about that as we cruise through the show. And I'll keep you updated as long as I remember to do that. So we're going to start here tonight. I'm going off the board on this one. It has nothing to do with live fire. This is a public service announcement to all men and women, mostly men, but definitely women, about getting your colonoscopy scheduled and done. Uh-oh. Yes, that's what I'm talking about in the show open. I'm a guy who's just shy of 50. July will actually be the magical 50 day, July 10, if you want to know specifically, so you can gift me. I've seen enough folks around me that are in their fifties or older who are being diagnosed with some form of colon cancer. And it's typically coupled with their discomfort of the preparation. In other words, they don't want to get the colonoscopy done because they don't want to do the stuff a few days before the procedure. If you're one of those people, you need to get over it and get the procedure done. I had mine done last Thursday. I can tell you, as far as the preparation was concerned, it wasn't like this. And I'm sure you've heard the horror stories of what you got to drink. 3 p.m., two 5-milligram Dolcalax tablets. Then you mix 64 ounces of lemon-lime Gatorade with 238 grams of Miralax. And then you start to drink 8-ounce glasses of that mixture every 15 minutes until the liquid is gone. And then... Two more Dokalax tablets at 7 p.m. Not some insanely big jug of gross tasting liquid that you hear about. Very easy to drink. Tastes just like Lemon Lime Gatorade. I like original flavor Gatorades. So no issue for me. Now, when the shit show turned on, yes, it was frequent. What would you expect? But you just heard what I ingested. So no shocker. Next day, showed up to the procedure office doctor came in told me exactly how this whole thing was going to go down trots me into a room they put me out 100% not twilighted or anything like that out and I woke up with a 100% clean colon no polyps no nothing easy since there was nothing in there I have a hall pass for 10 years I'll be honest Ten years seems like a long time to go until the next colonoscopy. I wouldn't mind going half that time, five years, just to be safe, but that's just me. Here's the bottom line. If you're putting it off, don't wait another second. For 24 hours of being inconvenienced, maybe 48, the results are ones that can prevent you from what? Dying. Do you not want that info? Guys, if you're 40, ask your primary care physician to get you a colonoscopy scheduled. Yes, 40. Because the new info coming out is that colon cancer diagnoses are being found earlier and earlier. Not the opposite. So get yourself over to the doctor's office and get it scheduled. In fact, demand it. It's covered by insurance. Especially, especially... If you're 50 or over, this is easy stuff. And now I want to thank the show's newest sponsor, of course, the Cleveland Clinic, providing world-class care. Just kidding. We have some feedback from past shows that I would like to get to. Andy from Northeast Missouri weighing in. Hey, Greg, as someone who would love to someday open a barbecue supply store, I have really enjoyed hearing the episode with Mike Luce and from others in the past shows who own barbecue stores. They are all good info and I love the questions that you're asking about hot selling items and how and who they are carrying and putting on the shelves. Keep up the great work. I would enjoy hearing from more fellas and ladies who are in the biz. Thanks, Andy. Terry in West Virginia. Greg, was it me or was it weird that Meathead Didn't want to pick a name that you were giving him this month during the poll question. I thought it was odd myself. Wondered what your take was, podcast listener only. Regards, Terry. Uh, Terry? Meathead is Meathead. I've known not to dig in with him. (laughs) It's just not worth it. He took it in his own opinion. Landon, Missouri. Missouri. Greg, thanks for the history lesson and criminal lesson on Dixon, Illinois. Who knew you were so well-versed in other stuff besides barbecue and grilling? More Greg in 2024. Live and podcast listener, depending on life. Regards, Len. Len, thanks for writing in. All right, we got Christy Van over in the green room ready to go. In fact, Mr. J is in early, too. Probably can't wait to hear... Christy Vanover talk about CES and live cookers but before we do any of that I'm asking you all this you tired of settling for mediocre grilling experiences of course you are it's time to step your game up bring the ultimate flavor and cooker to the backyard barbecues pits and spits charcoal grills offering the highest quality live fire cooking experience That you can get in the market today using either wood or charcoal. Their solid fuel grills produce those classic flavors you're looking for. When you have the time to fire up the grill and cook for friends and family. With a large adjustable fuel tray, you can raise and lower the fire to control and fine-tune the heat. Their take on the very popular Santa Maria-style grill. Check them out at pitsandspits.com slash Show. Again, that's pitsandspits.com slash BBQ Central Show. And when you're spelling pits and Spits, it's the double T on the pits and the Spits. You can use promo code Charcoal Central. Charcoal Central at checkout. And when you do that, you can save $150 bucks off any charcoal grill that they're offering. That's right. You love to save money, all centralites do. Rule number three of the show: if it's free, it's me. But rule number 10 of the show is if you can save 150 bucks on a Pitts and Spits charcoal grill, then you use code Charcoal Central and you save that money. Pittspits.com slash BBQ Central Show, we're back with Christy Vanover from GirlsCanGrill.com. Stick around,
0: we'll be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Show studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe.
2: This portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. First, you visit cookandpellets.com and see all the products, and then when you're ready to buy, you go to amazon.com or lowes.com or walmart.com. Same great product, same great pricing, best shipping rates ever, even better than cookandpellets.com, if you can believe it. Told to be by Chris Becker, I'm not lying. So, cookandpellets.com, the place to go to peruse and then buy at Amazon or Lowe's or Walmart. As I mentioned last week, place to bring your grills and cookers for unveiling might not be the traditional live fire industry trade shows anymore. Instead, CES could be the place where all of this should be taking place from now on. My next guest was a CES a few weeks ago, and I am happy to welcome her back to the show to further discuss it. The pitmaster of Girls Can Grill Christy Vanover. Christy, before we get into CES and what you're up to, the new podcast, all that fun stuff, we have a YouTube poll question of the week that we're asking everybody. And I need to know, Christy, you first and foremost, have you ever eaten questionable shrimp or prime rib at the script club?
3: Do you you only care about the questionable questionable ones or (laughs) no? I guess food in general. (laughs) No, the answer is definitely no. (laughs) Thank God.
2: 75% of us are saying, no, we have not ingested (laughs) any questionable shrimp or prime rib (laughs) or food in general. It skeeves me out, but 30% or um, now 25%, I guess, doesn't skeeve them out at all. So glad to have you back on the show. First things first. Most recent thing is first, you were at the Fancy Food Show in Vegas yesterday. So, anything that grabs your attention there that you think will break into mainstream food or live fire food in 2024?
3: Um, Not so much live fire. I didn't think there was anything too earth shattering. Lots of barbecue rubs, sauces, you know, stuff that we've seen before. Um, But just in the grilling side of things, I will say something that stood out to me was grilled pickles. Mm -hmm. So a company called Randy's Pickles, which we shared was based out of Cleveland, they actually are, (laughs) they are grilling the cucumbers before pickling them. So they add a little bit of char smokiness flavor to them. So that was something that was a little bit unique.
2: Did you have a sample of those?
3: I did. They were good. I I wish they were a tad bit more smoky, mm. um, but other than that, I mean, it, it was fun. It added some new depth to it.
2: Where was the pickle flavor? I'm always a little, so I love pickles, but I don't yep. like any cucumberness, reminiscent cucumber or anything. If it's a pickle, mm-hmm. I want it to be pickle. No crossover. And like Katz's Deli has like half sour. I don't like any. Is it mm-hmm. full pickle or do you have some cucumber?
3: i'd say it's it's it, you have the crisp and texture of the cucumber but i would say it is more on the pickle side and it's not mm-hmm. the dill side it's a little bit more of that sweet and tangy with just a little bit of heat
2: very good yeah. so we'll be on the lookout for that i'm <laughs> surprised i haven't had them but we'll uh, chase it down here at the local heinance so let's go ahead and they're recap sideburns,
3: sideburns. By the way. side you get it <laughs> Yeah. well so i went <laughs> yeah. to
2: the website by the way and it appears online at least at this point they're mm-hmm. sold out so they must have done really yep. well At the Fancy Food Show to sell them right out, but we'll keep an eye out for them. So let's go ahead and recap the CES. High level first. Are you surprised at how many cookers there were at this event?
3: I was. I it's been about 15 years since I've been to the Consumer Electronics Show. It's held in Vegas every year, but I haven't really had a need to go since I've been in the barbecue and grilling industry. Um, But this year I saw that there were some grill companies who decided to make a debut and the whole food tech section has been expanded significantly. So, yeah, I, uh, I I thought it was interesting. It's a big investment for those companies, but it's a big audience, too,
2: for scale. What percentage of the show was cookers in some form or fashion, regardless of fuel, compared to whatever else was being exhibited?
3: Like 0.01%. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, the show is in at least five casinos, multiple convention centers, thousands of exhibitors, and there were six grill companies. Mm. So, yeah.
2: Overall, well-tended event
3: yes tens of thousands of people from all over the world yeah it it was it was huge it was overwhelming how many people (laughs) but uh, it was pretty cool
2: favorite non-cooker item at the show that you saw
3: Mm, I'm so in love with Govee lights now, um, nothing to do with food whatsoever. <laughs> it's this whole thing that you put these LED lights behind your TV mm. and it makes your whole living room like glow the same colors of whatever's on your screen and it just makes your TV look a whole lot bigger and they, they were on display there. We, have, we just got it at Christmas and installed it and they were there and so yeah, I kind of fangirled on that. <laughs> how,
2: how do it know what color to change?
3: There's a little camera that sits over your TV. You can either do the HDMI input and it knows that way, or there's a little camera that mounts over the top and doesn't view you on your couch. It just views your TV um, and you calibrate it. And yeah, it's cool. (laughs)
2: Last time you were on the show, we talked about the new Connected Joe Kamado Cooker Mm -hmm. from Kamado Joe, obviously. That was a CES as well. Anything different about it as you see it in this version or same thing?
3: It was the same version and even the same firmware. Um, they're yeah. getting ready to do a firmware update on it, um, but nothing So nothing has changed from when I talked to the engineers.
2: You a frequent user of that?
3: I would say yes and no. I have so many different grills. It's not the grill itself. It's just that I'm always using so many different grills for different clients that I don't have time to use every grill as often as like if it was just my only grill. But I'm f- still a fan. What's
2: your favorite grill out of all the grills? How many do you have?
3: I've got like 30.
2: Wow.
3: Yeah, it's, I, I mean, it depends on the occasion. I love my Hunsakers for cooking on the competition circuit. Those are by far my favorite. I've got three that I compete with, but I've got two more in the backyard. I love my grill works, which is a Santa Maria style. Um, I, love, I, I love my new Masterbuilt Gravity Fed. That one's mm. really fun because it's like pellet, but charcoal. We can talk about that because that was at the show too. Um, yeah, and then I, I have a pellet grill. I have my Ninja grill. I, I just have so many different grills and gas grills. So
2: let's talk about the master belt since it's top of mind. Is this the one that has the shoot like in the grill itself where you're putting the charcoal in the actual cooking chamber? You talking about the gravity fed master belt?
3: So they showed off both at the show. They have the one that has the chute inside. It's like the hopper, I guess, that's inside the grill. That one's called the Auto Ignite. Yep. That one is available now, and it's about $500. Um, that little box does take up some of the grill space, obviously, because it's in the grill, but it's the standard size of your gas grill. Um, and it's cool because that area is also metal, and you can put a, the lid on it, and you can actually like griddle on it or sear or get your hamburger buns warm or whatever, whatever you want on it. Um, and it's also charcoal with that pellet technology so it's got the temperature probe inside you set your digital dial and then it will adjust with the fan that blows um, to keep the temperature where you want it
2: at 500 dollars, seems like a great value there's a lot of other industries where value doesn't necessarily mean sacrifice in quality in this instance master belt has been renowned for building the price point great ideas great innovation but not necessarily longevity in life great craftsmanship all this stuff because it's always coming from the far east what what do you think about a reasonable lifespan if you're doing three or four cooks a week on it
3: i would say several years yeah i mean it, it was it was pretty solid construction i i haven't cooked on it myself they're gonna actually be sending me one so i'll play around with it and see but yeah i mean i think it's gonna hold up it's not uh, it's not as thick as some of those more expensive price points um, as far as the metal and the grade goes. But um, yeah, so long as the technology holds up, that's the only thing. Like, I mean, you run into that with pellet grills too. The motherboard mm. will go out and you have to replace that. So I don't know the longevity of that. But the grill itself, I think if you maintain it, keep it clean, it should last you a good while.
2: Do we classify Weber as being a CES or were they somewhere <laughs> else?
3: I don't classify them as being yeah. CES. I know that's a little controversial. They had a big party, um, a little private event um, at Red Rock Casino, which was not part of CES. They weren't registered as an exhibitor. Um, so in my opinion, they were in Vegas. <laughs> were they
2: trying to like crash the party without paying to get in and exhibit?
3: I, I don't know. Personally, I can't speak on their behalf, but Your I will say that they... I will say that they made a, a smart marketing move by saying that they were, they the media all reported that they unveiled their stuff at CES, yeah. but that's like if I went to Memphis and cooked some barbecue in May, I'm not going to say I'm at Memphis in May if I'm not at Memphis in May, so, mm. but I wouldn't say it was necessarily their doing it, but other than the media, maybe not uh, reporting fully accurately, perhaps.
2: Did you see any of their products?
3: I did not. No. I was an exhibitor at CES, but not an invitee to their shindig. You
2: were an exhibitor?
3: <laughs> I mean I was I was I saw I was a media oh, uh, okay. person, yeah, so yeah. I got to go to all the sorry. Got sorry it. for that. Yeah.
2: All right, so we're gonna leave Weber aside. We talked about that with Wes Wright from cookoutnews.com ad nauseum last mm-hmm. week anyway, so if you missed it, go back and get that. The other item I want to talk about tonight is GE profile indoor smoker. Originally this was a crowdfunded type situation, Mm -hmm. it was the Arden smoker, I believe, when it first started out, and now it's converted into the GE Profile indoor smoker. What do you like about the unit?
3: Um, I like the fact that you can smoke indoors for people who do have the complications of weather. I mean, for us, our weather is when it's 115 degrees, I may not want to be outside for you guys. It's when it's, you know, 10 feet of snow out there and you don't want to be smoking. So it gives you that versatility. Um, It has a lot of the auto technology that you find in other pellet grills and things nowadays where you can like push brisket and you know, it'll cook it to the internal temperature you want with probes. Um, But my favorite thing about it actually has nothing to do with the fact that it's a smoker it's the fact that it can go down to 140 degrees and hold your brisket. Mm. So most most grills can't go that low. Your oven doesn't usually go that low. You know, if you put it on warm it's still like 180 so then it's still cooking your brisket. Yep. Um, we all throw brisket in a cooler that doesn't maintain temperature for that long in a safe zone. So that 140 is like an alto sham really but at a at a that's part of your smoker. So I think that part's pretty cool.
2: What ties briskety you fit in that thing?
3: I, you know, you're probably doing, you have to separate the, the flat and the point. I don't think you can do a full packer unless it's an itty bitty guy. Um, so yeah, you're separating the flat and the point, but it has enough shelves that you can, you could fit probably a, a 10, maybe 12 pound flat, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, from a packer, from a 12 pound packer, put the flat and the point in there.
2: I asked Wes last week, wanna get your take on it. Do you feel that the real potential failure for this unit, is the confiscation of available counter space that it needs to function?
3: I think that's gonna be a big issue because mm-hmm. it is the size of a mar- microwave, but vertical. So like if you took your microwave and you've just tilted it 90 degrees and set it on your counter, um, it. And if you're an avid smoker, it's probably, you can probably make room for it, but if it's something you're gonna do like once a month, I think that could be a challenge.
2: <laughs> Plus 40 pounds, is that? heavy enough to not want to lug it up and down the stairs or, you know, even in and out of the cabinets in the kitchen and yeah. you run into out of sight, out of mind type thing?
3: Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I don't know how much my KitchenAid weighs. I know my KitchenAid weighs a lot, um, but I bet this probably still weighs a little bit more the than that. The mixer
2: KitchenAid? Yeah,
3: yeah that thing's heavy pounds. for me. That's not 40 I know pounds. it's not 40, but it's heavy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's maybe like 10. So if something's yeah. like, you know, uh, yeah, I don't know that I could lift the 40 pound one as easily maybe I could I don't know I
2: mean it's potential Um, success is going to be for the person that has the room they're buying it for it pretty much and they're just going to stick mm -hmm. it in there it's always going to be visible and they don't care that they're losing that much counter space probably
3: yeah. And, but you know what? I've kind of made a new philosophy on my own life and how my house is. We all think we have to have our, our certain dining room, our certain living room, our certain bedroom, our whatever. Everything has to be however we think it's traditionally supposed to be. If you want to put the smoker in your office or in your dining room, you know, it doesn't have to be in your kitchen. Just like find a place in your house and make room for it. So... Um, If you really want it that bad, you know, they're going to be sending me one. So I I have no idea how the Mm. food tastes off of it. I didn't get a chance to taste it, but I'll be getting one soon. So I'm interested to check it out. I will say that it functions similarly to the Ninja Woodfire Grill, I think, except that the Ninja is convection. So the air is kind of circulating in it, whereas this one, it's not. Um, And then this one, obviously, the smoke gets catalyzed, so it's okay to be indoors, whereas the Ninja wood fire, you have to keep that outdoors because the smoke doesn't.
2: I'm looking at our time left, and I'm trying to figure out which one I want to ask you about. I I do want to talk about (laughs) this one first. We have enough time. We'll go back to it. Sear Grills Perfecta.
3: Yeah. <laughs> was all the
2: rage of CES, even the nerds were covering it in <laughs> awe, saw your bit that you posted on Instagram or whatever you did. Takeaways on the perfect
3: It's pretty for somebody who wants to put on a show i practicality i'm not sure about because it's like you can cook a few steaks and you cook them vertically in like 90 seconds again i don't know what the flavor is going to be like it cooks at 1652 degrees so it's similar to like a schwenk grill or one of those that cooks really really hot and fast it does have a rotisserie feature that i actually didn't see in person i just saw online so there may be a little bit more versatility but it's thirty five hundred dollars um she's just she's really pretty so like if you are one of those people with a big swanky backyard and you want to put on a show i think that yeah otherwise um yeah it's a it's a pretty heavy price point
2: anybody that's around you as you're looking at this what are they talking about are they immediately buying into how cool this is or as i asked wes on a scale of one to ten on the gimmick meter one being not very gimmicky ten being the most gimmicky where do people (laughs) think about this
3: um, that's a good question. I th- I think it's definitely before they hear the price point, they're, they're like, that's a cool thing. Um, Like maybe this, mm, I guess that's hard. Yeah, maybe like a six. Mm. I don't know. Price but, is a but driver a th- here, isn't it? I think so. It was $1,000 yeah. off at the show, actually, so you could get it for $2,500. Um, but I, I just don't know a lot of people in my who follow me that, would, that spend the thousands upon thousands of dollars for grills, unless it can really do a lot of things.
2: This wasn't demonstrated either. This was just like a big light show in the booth. You didn't get any samples yeah. or see the actual no. heat or anything?
3: I saw the heat, they were able to turn it on and off, but the, Vegas is funny about giving away food samples with the health district and all that stuff. So they didn't cook any steaks on site, they just had some plastic burgers that they would kind of put in the chamber, but yeah. If I get one, I'll try it and I'll test it out, I'll put it through the ringer. Um, but, yeah, like I said, it was, it was interesting. It was cool. It was CES worthy. I mean, that's what people do at CES, whether it's a TV or a car that, you know, they put on a show. And so it did that. And I think, again, for an affluent person who has a swanky backyard who wants to drop $3,500, I think it'd be cool. And I think you could entertain well with it. Um, no idea, though, what the flavor is going to be. And I worry, too, like, you can't really put sugary things or barbecue sauce or something on things because it would just burn up like yeah. that. So, yeah.
2: I think... Why it's at CES, too, is it's the artificial intelligent
0: mm-hmm.
2: driver as far as you push a couple buttons and then it figures it all out, measures it, and all of a sudden now it's uh, cooking and then it's bringing the burners in, bringing the burners out to kind of give you that a yep. uh, whole feel. I'm always a little leery about cooking an inch and a half steak in a minute and a half and having it be <laughs> perfect. I can't reconcile that in my mind yet. I'm not saying that it doesn't happen, mm-hmm. but... You look at some of those other cookers, like you were talking about, like Schwank and Out Wild, and all of those mm-hmm. similar stainless steel. They're two thousand twenty five hundred dollars less, mm-hmm. and achieving more or less the same type of thing. Except you are only getting heat from the top instead of on both sides, like you are doing with this Perfecta. Right. So uh, I'll be anxious if you get a if you get a sample and you start using it. We can have you back on to to get the full. For sure. tr- Actually, I am working on an interview with the owner of the company, but he's okay. in England and. That's gonna make for a, <laughs> a very weird interview for him if he yeah. wants to stay up until two in the morning. But people have done it before, so we'll see what happens. He's
3: super super cool guy, and I mean they were you know obviously very passionate about the product, and so it must it must cook food okay because otherwise they wouldn't have this big of an investment. So I'd like to try it too. But yeah, that's that'd be cool if you get him on.
2: We got two minutes left. Current backyard introduces a full size electric grill. Looks like there's mm-hmm. two burners or at least two burner control knobs yeah. on this. Now look pulling the curtain back. I don't know how many people know this. This is a new version of the Charbroil Edge. Uh, WC Bradley just decided to come out with a whole new brand and they don't really want to talk about the fact that it's within that umbrella. They just want to stick it off to the side, make it run or fall on their own, I guess. What did you think of it?
3: I didn't cook on it um, or taste the food. They did have a food sampling. I just wasn't able to make it there in time because it was in a different part of Vegas. I'm not sure. The dials are really pretty. The display panel is really pretty. Um, I do like that it's two burner, so you could do direct heat, indirect heat. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I until I cook on it, I, I don't know. I yeah. I, I'm just I just don't know the the flavor of the electric heat source in that aspect when you've got the food dripping on it. I don't know how well it's going to get cleaned. I mean, they said there's a cleaning cycle so yep. that you can turn it up hot and burn off everything, but. Yeah. But, but again, I think there's a place for it. Like if you live in California or somewhere where you can't have gas anymore or charcoal anymore, you can only have an electric grill and you want to grill, then then maybe it's the grill for you. So (laughs) Mm.
2: I've, I have the edge on my side yard. And what I have found is you have to go to 700 degrees period. Mm. Can't go in between Mm. as soon as you lift the lid. As much as the guy from Charboy wanted to tell me it recovers just as fast as a gas or a charcoal grill, I didn't find that to be the case. In fact, the dial never read seven hundred degrees again after I opened mm-hmm. it for the first time. All that aside, first thing I did on it was steaks. It was really good. Sear marks were what you would come to expect from any other live fire cooker that you've ever used. The flavor was really good. I bet I could put it in good. front of you, you would have never known that it came off in a electric grill. So I'm hopeful that Current continues to gain a little steam here because we've always said that whatever year we're in is going to be the year of the full-size electric grill and didn't really happen last year. So maybe this year will be the the year it starts to push in. So uh, you have a new podcast that you're two, three, four episodes in at this point as far as release. Uh, Why are you doing it and what should we look forward to over the next couple of weeks?
3: Yeah, so the podcast is called barbecue tips and it's just that it's 15 minutes or less. I'm just spitting out barbecue tips Um, The last episode this last week was my CES roundup this week I'm gonna do a roundup of fancy food show but now that the conventions are over I'm gonna be focusing more on just like one or two food items and just giving some basic barbecue tips So when you're driving to work or you're in the shower or whatever when you only have 15 minutes instead of having to listen to a whole Hour-long podcast if you don't have that time, it's just a little something you can sprinkle in your day
2: you can follow her at at girls can grill. The website is girlscangrill.com And I assume the podcast is available on all the major podcast platforms. So if you want to add another one to the lineup, go ahead and grab Christie's podcast. And I certainly appreciate the time and the recap of CES. And as soon as you get your hands on some of those other grills, you're ready to give us a review. Let me know. We'll have you back up.
3: Sounds good. All right. Thanks so much. You got it.
2: Thank you. Christy Vanover right there, girlscangrill.com and again socially at girlscangrill. I'm excited to have her get a demo of that sear grills hopefully. And then she'll give us the unadulterated review, which is what I want to hear. 3500 bucks for that. Yikes. That could be a bit of a turnoff. And again, as I told her, I'm in the middle of trying to lock down a conversation with the CEO or the owner or whatever. So we'll see how that goes. All right, Mr. J is ready to go. We'll get to him here in just one second. Before we do that, we will talk about my favorite ceramic cooker in the world, the Primo. Yes, sir. What do we love about ceramic cookers in general? We love that they're fuel efficient. We love that you can achieve low and slow temperatures for traditional barbecue meats. We also love that they can get rip-roaring hot for the high-temperature grilling of steaks and other thin cuts. But what's missing in the everyday ceramic grill cooker lineup? The real ability to do true two-zone cooking. Two-zone cooking is very important to both professional and backyard cooks alike. It's the best way to manage a fire and cook with confidence. However... Getting a two zone fire and a round ceramic cooker is not very realistic. Why? Because it's a round and a primo and their game changing oval design. The shape gives you the ability to execute that two zone setup that you desire. It also gives you the other ceramic grill benefits as well. When you break it down, 60 different ways, 60 different ways to configure the primo and cook on it. So you're really only limited by your culinary imagination. Here's the bottom line. Best ceramics in the biz, yes. Patented technology and true two-zone cooking capabilities, yes. Multiple sizes, yes. And you have to have a round one for some reason. They have those, but highly recommend against If you're going to break the mold, get the Oval. Thank me later. I recommend the XL. Only sold through dealers, so go to primogrill.com and find a dealer near you. Visit them in person and then buy the XL or buy the Oval that best fits your needs. We are back to learn about filler tobacco. The official cigar expert of the Barbecue Central Show, Mr. Jonathan from the Cigar Authorities Podcast. We are
0: back right after this. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show.
2: Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Fireboard 2, Fireboard 2 Drive, and the Fireboard 2 sorry, the Fireboard Pro. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or connect via Bluetooth if you have Alexa or the Google Assistant or other smart speakers in your home. Fireboard integrates with most of those. Fireboard.com is the website. You can call with questions, 816-945-2232. My next guest, well-known figure in the cigar community and one of the co-hosts of the very popular Cigar Authority podcast, The weekly show finds him and his co-hosts sharing their passion for premium cigars and provide invaluable insight on everything from cigar manufacturing, the business end, latest trends, making the show a trusted source for cigar passionados like me worldwide. It has also earned him the title of official cigar expert for the Barbecue Central show. We welcome back our pal Mr. J to the show. All right, Mr. J., before we get into figuring out what filler tobaccos are and why they are important to cigars as we finish cigar school, we have a YouTube poll question of the week that we're asking everybody, and it's this. Have you ever eaten question, questionable shrimp or prime rib or food in general at the Scrip Club? Yes or no? Mr. J., I don't have you for some reason. Are you on mute, potentially? He's reconnecting how about that yes sir all right love it <laughs> let me circle back questionable eating of shrimp prime rib or any food at the strip club uh of course <laughs> i mean
1: if you're if you're there can you really trust the food sources
2: i mean I, w- I would never as i said last week there's no way i would ever eat food at the strip club i mean i i I can't begin to imagine a life scenario that would find me going to a strip club to eat ever. You're way more daring. You know what?
1: You make a great point, but uh, sometimes you don't want to spend on the drinks. So maybe you get the nachos or the prime rib looks good and I'm a carnivore. So prime rib would be the only thing I could get.
2: You are butting in with the 21% that are saying, yes, they have eaten at the strip club. 79% of us are saying, no, we are not eating at the strip club. Last couple times we've had you on, it has been Cigar School 101, and it's really gone over to rave reviews. I don't know if I've messaged you or not, but... I'm getting more and more feedback, emails, direct messages saying, hey, the cigar guy is great. He's getting me pumped up. I'm going to be trying cigars now or it's refueled the passion that I once had but lost and I'm going to get into it again. So appreciate all the knowledge you've been dropping over here. The last part of Cigar School here tonight is filler tobacco. So let's start right at the high level. What is filler tobacco and what do it do?
1: so filler tobacco you get maybe seven or eight leaves that go into a blend of the cigar so the outside is the wrapper the next level is the binder which we've discussed ad nauseum, and then you have the filler tobacco so filler really equals flavor Mm. inside the filler you're going to have roughly one third of very low priming tobacco which is super high in combustion It's also high in off-putting flavors like ammonia, uh, a little bitterness from nitrates. Uh, That tobacco just doesn't take to the fermentation process as well because it's thinner and it can't be worked for as long. The longer you work tobacco, the thinner it gets. (laughs) So you're going to have a little bit of off-putting flavors from low primings. Middle priming, you're going to have a lot of aroma. So this McAuliffe Black that I'm smoking this Mm -hmm. year, Cigar of the Year, has a large proponent of middle priming tobacco, very aromatic, not a lot of strength, decent combustion, but uh, mostly it's about the aroma with middle to ba- middle primings. Then you get into the high primings, often referred to as Lajero, and that is where you get your nicotine strength and also mouthfeel because most of your flavor, as you know, from the barbecue world, gets backdoored from your olfactory senses. So you smell more of the flavor, Mm. which is middle primings, but the actual taste on your tongue, whether it's spicy, whether it's earthy, maybe it's sweet, sour, bitter, those all happen from the high primings. So the filler is going to be a big proponent of, or two thirds of it is aroma and taste. So middle primings, high primings, and the low primings are there to add combustion and often to round out the flavor. So if you have tobacco that has uh, is on the chocolatey sweet spectrum, to be balanced, you know from cooking, you need to have something that's going to be on the bitter or sour side, and that's going to be your low primings, which will also boost combustion.
2: So as the farmers are planting and harvesting, filler tobacco isn't a specific plant where it's just being grown for that all of this stuff is going to be taken in part and parcel off of uh, an individual plant it's going to, this part is going to be a wrapper this part is going to be the binder this part's going to be filler tobacco farmers aren't just growing for filler tobacco specifically
1: no they're they're mostly growing for wrapper hmm. so all of the better leaves with no water spots no blemishes those become wrapper and it doesn't matter what the plant is uh, even if the, the manufacturer itself isn't using that particular seed strain for wrapper for themselves, they'll reserve the better leaves and sell those off as wrapper mm. because that's the highest uh, dollar value that you can get. You can get $60 a pound, whereas filler tobacco might be $10 a pound. Mm. So the stuff that's blemished, the stuff that's cracked, that has holes in it, that can be used for filler because you're you're never going to see it. We as consumers buy with our eyes.
2: So, if this filler leaf was a sexier, more aesthetically pleasing leaf, it would be living a much more expensive life. It would be that wrapper leaf that you're selling for 60 bucks a pound instead of being the $10 pound filler
1: for sure mm.
2: yeah. how's the filler put into the cigar? What's
1: the process? So what happens is, uh, and I'm going to use a piece of paper here as an example for the people that are watching if you're listening, you use your imagination, but if you imagine how an accordion looks so they'll take the tobacco and they'll fold it this is the most common way to do it and once that's folded the stem structure in the leaf breaks and the final they call they've always called it the final fermentation but we've discovered uh that really it's the stem structure that's breaking and the ammonia leaches out into uh the chamber of the cigar one side ends up being capped the other side is open and now the cigar becomes what's known as sick or goes through a sick period of about 90 days of that ammonia and nitrate being released into the chamber. And then it has to degas just like coffee does. So they'll accordion the bunch. Some companies will do what's called N2Bile. They'll roll them into individual straws and those straws will get stacked on top of each other okay. and they'll be either bound by hand or most companies are using what's called a Lieberman press. It's a piece of leather that sits in a cup like this. And then the fillers go inside, the binder goes inside and then they use a handle and it pushes the leather together and rolls much like uh, if you're ever in high school using a rolling machine, that's a smaller version of a Lieberman press. And that still is considered uh, hand rolled. And once that's done, it goes into a mold and gets turned so many times over a certain amount of time depending on the manufacturer's specifications, and then the wrapper gets passed completely by hand. So it is sometimes referred to as machine-assisted, but it's a very simple machine. It's considered hand-rolled when it comes to legal definition.
2: Between the accordion and the straws being stacked on top of each other, do you have a preference or do you find one brings the better flavor? Uh,
1: It really comes down to how the manufacturer wants to have the draw be. You obviously get a better draw if you have straws going through, Mm. but you also don't get the level of complexity you're looking for because those straws, you just don't get the variety of tobacco. The guy rolling the straws has his, uh, you know, the center tobacco, whatever that is, whether it's aromatic or high primings or low primings, very labor intensive and it makes those cigars more expensive. Mm. And to my taste buds I'm not seeing the ones that are rolled into 2 be better or worse than the ones that are rolled accordion style uh, once they're draw tested and they pass the draw testing you get the same draw you really get the similar flavor uh most n2 bar cigars that I know of actually have to be box pressed to restrict the airflow mm. which adds another process and another expense so if you're into paying more you go into bow but I I most of the manufacturers that I knew of that were doing it that way have all gone out of business and most likely because they weren't making the margins.
2: So the filler tobacco, if somebody's just tuning in right now, wondering what we're talking about filler tobacco is giving you the most flavor and the most aroma. Talk about wrapper. uh, I don't remember what we said, but if binder was even doing any of that, maybe it was a little bit, but this is where the major taste components and flavor components are coming from.
1: Yeah, to sum the whole thing up, the the wrapper is the aesthetically pleasing leaf, where they that's the only leaf where it matters which side is up. You want it, the shiny side up, that is the top of the leaf, and that's how that gets rolled on. The binder is going to be working in opposition to the wrapper. So if you have a thick wrapper, you'll have a thin binder. If you have a thin b- wrapper, you'll have a thick binder, so that the two can aid each other in their combustion, and then the filler is going to give you the majority of the flavor because that's where the majority of the tobacco is. And you hear people talk, uh, and mostly they're not manufacturers that say this, they are brand owners. They'll say, oh, the wrapper gives you most of the flavor. It's not really true. It's what you can taste because it's on your lips. But flavor-wise, it's it's one-seventh or one-eighth of the leaves in the blend. Mm -hmm. It can't provide the majority of the flavor.
2: So if you've missed any of our Cigar School, go back. You can search Mr. Jonathan in the search bar, and you can learn about more about binders, more about wrappers, which was the first thing that we talked about, and then you can fill it in here, no pun intended, with the filler talk. If you missed it, you're just tuning it. Mr. Jonathan is the uh, sales manager, general manager over there, one of the two guys' locations in New Hampshire. So what's smoking well in the shop these days, Mr. J.?
1: I got to tell you, we put out a contender's pack, which is the top 10 cigars of 2023. And there were two cigars that stood out early on as far as sales. That's one of the ways we track it is people voting with their wallet after they buy the contender's pack. So we saw an uptick in the West Tampa Red, and we saw an uptick in the McAuliffe Black. But times are tough. One cigar is $12. One cigar is $8. $8. And for the money, the consumers continued time and time again to Mm -hmm. vote with their wallet. And McAuliffe Black pulled ahead by the end of the contest by a dramatic margin. I can't share the exact numbers, but it it was staggering. And so McAuliffe Black becomes the Cigar of the Year. I'm good for two or three a day right now. I'm very high on this cigar. I love it. And you know me, I'm picky on what I buy boxes of. So it's this and it's Aladino Coroja Reserve. And there's one new one called the HVC Short Corona. Mm. This cigar, for those guys that like the full-bodied cigar smoking experience, and maybe you're freezing your balls off like I am up here in New England, 20, 25 minutes, and you know you smoked a cigar. It's Mm. strong. It's got the power. It's got the flavor. And it's a quick smoke.
2: I too happen to be a fan of the McAuliffe black uh, founded as you guys were introducing it with the folks from the I remember that show specifically and uh, ordered a box, I believe uh, right off the rip uh, off of your suggestion on how good it was. And it is a go-to it's in my uh, rotation. I don't smoke cigars daily just because of, you know, job. I don't smoke in a house, blah, blah, blah. But when I have a chance to smoke it, I'm going for that one. Um, the majority of the time. Otherwise, like you, uh, definitely an Aladino guy uh, thanks to you, of course. A lot of things uh, i trying to figure out. We must have similar palates because we seem to like a lot of stuff Or I just want to like what you like and I'm smoking blind uh, either way. But So, McAuliffe wins Cigar of the Year. Two years in a row, by the way, that Cigar of the Year is named kind of a, a, let's call it a value cigar. So, last year, You had the Montosa Maduro. That was a $7 cigar, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And then this year, it's an $8 cigar. Is it two years in a row of people being fiscally responsible? Or does it just so happen the best cigar happens to be one that's also value?
1: There's something to what you get for your money. So I'm going to go back a little ways. I have a friend named Mike. And he owned a cigar company and he sold the cigar company for an undisclosed amount of millions of dollars. And he didn't need the sale. He was a rich guy to begin with. And he smokes La Giana Corona Maduro. <laughs> it's a $7 cigar, $135 for a box. And I said to him, Mike, you can afford to smoke anything you want. And he said, the game for me is how much value can I get for the dollar that I spend? And I do this with everything from cars to cigars mm. to meat, everything. So I think that's where the consumer is at. A consumer will pay a little extra if they're getting a little extra value. And the thing about McAuliffe Black is this cigar would sell just as well at $12. Yeah. And Al McAuliffe, again, another guy who does not need the money, is taking it on the chin on this one, I think. he could He could go for his balls and get way more money But he's put out a value cigar that's full bodied and full flavored at a very reasonable price point. And those guys that smoke this flavor profile are rewarding him for that. Do you
2: see any first half trends we should be on the lookout for?
1: It's going to be more more of the same. It's going to be the companies that are hungry for market share that put out an unbelievable product. And in the case of McAuliffe, he's holding the price again for this year. This is last year's prices. Everybody is going up. We've done, uh, the other day we did four and a half hours of price changes. Everybody is going up. And the McAuliffe family said, we are not going up on this cigar. They're going to take the shipping costs went up. Tobacco prices went up. They don't grow tobacco. They buy tobacco. Yep. So everything is going up and they're saying, you know what? We're going to hold because they they want that market share. Hmm. So when you start talking about legacy brands, and if you want to know what a legacy brand is, just look through Cigar Aficionado, every single brand that's advertised, that's legacy. And they are raising their prices because they're going to live off their name and they're going to live off their multi-million-dollar ad budgets. Al McAuliffe advertises now on one uh, venue, and that's the Cigar Authority, and they advertised before they got Cigar of the Year, and they won Cigar of the Year fair and square, yep. because West Tampa is also an advertiser. They they mm-hmm. got the, the studio.
2: Let's talk about JRE for a second, because I'm a huge fan. They've actually become a small partner with the show, which I was very excited about deal, dealing with Viv. Uh, Justo is going to be coming on the show here, and march so excited to talk with him no doubt Uh, we both love the reservas we said however they have a new offering called the sumatra i gotta be honest i'm falling in love with this cigar as well and when i talked to my buddy jeff from minnesota and we share cigars between us and tasting notes and all this other stuff he told me you know some sumatras don't do it for him or they leave some kind of a flavor that it's not off putting, but it's no, not too much like, earth. Yeah. yeah, but he said, this one is different. So when I got my hands on him, I was like, holy shit. Like if this is what a Sumatra is supposed to be like, then move over because I'm going to be the next biggest fan. What do you think about this one?
1: I'm going to say that Aladino has found a way to take the yuck out of Sumatra. Sumatra is a very cheap tobacco when you're buying tobacco I believe the folks at JRE grow their own mm. and if that's the case and I forgive me on this for not knowing it exactly but I believe they grow their own and Julio Aroa the father is a mastermind when it comes to agronomy and Justo has his degree in agronomy so between the two of them they're able to create a soil condition that makes that Sumatra flourish mm as a wrapper crop so yes they managed to take that overly earthy overly dirty flavor component out of sumatra and make it not taste cheap they're charging us for it by the way it's a a little bit more than the aladino Corolla reserve but it only comes in a toro and it's on par with the other toros uh in that same level of price so it's very good
2: A week from tomorrow, the meatball challenge. You've yet to pull out victory. I know, uh, being a competitive guy that you are, you're looking to reign supreme to get the people's adulation forever and everybody off your fucking back. Smoked meatballs
1: this year, maybe? Uh, I'm tempted. The thing that I've discovered is any time that I go outside of really achieving a gas station meatball uh, and I did my best I scored the highest when I went, I don't give a shit. I'm just making a gas station meatball. No frills. It's just a meatball. A couple of kinds of meat, maybe beef and pork, Mm. a little fatty, some filler, some egg, some seasoning, not too much seasoning, and just make it as basic bitch of a meatball as I can. And I think that's going to be the victory because the guy that won last year, I've had better meatballs at a gas station.
2: They say in competition, barbecue. The winner makes the least offensive barbecue, and that's the flavor profile everybody's shooting for. So it sounds like with competition meatballs, you're shooting for the same thing. This is Mr. Jonathan, our cigar expert. You can find him co-hosting the Cigar Authority podcast, which is thecigarauthority.com, or if you want to buy cigars, you don't have a brick-and-mortar location that's around you or they're not carrying what you like, you can go to the number two Guyscigars.com and buy up. That's where I buy all my cigars when I buy them. Jonathan, really appreciate the time. We wish you good luck. Can Thanks. I pitch please? Can I
1: pitch one thing before please. I go? I hope you do. So we have we have an official cigar school live Friday, March 8th on the Cigar Authority. You can buy in with uh $59.99. That'll get you three Garofalo cigars, a Connecticut, a Sun Grown, a Maduro. We're going to teach you how to cut, light, smoke. We're going to go through all three wrappers and show you the difference that the wrapper makes on the flavor. You're going to get a double blade cutter, a jet flame lighter, and a flavor wheel and access to the live link. Hmm. There's other ones on there. You can go on thecigarauthority.com, click the Cigar School link, and it has other packages. You may even want to do the all-in night out with the guys package huh? for 249 and you'll have 24 cigars wow. and a shitload of fun.
2: As always, Mr. Jonathan, thank you for coming up my pleasure thank you so much i'll tell dave that the invoice is in the mail for the free ad there at the end and we'll be <laughs> all set Absolutely. Yeah. cigar school live and in person online check it out great cigar info love the break outside of the box and bring you the good stuff mr jonathan always bringing it strong which we certainly appreciate You can find him at thecigarauthority.com or the number2guyscigars.com for retail. We're back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back.
0: Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey.
2: And we thank Mr. Jonathan for joining us for the last segment. Once again, the CigarAuthority.com or the number two guys, Cigars.com to buy cigars. So we learned all about what the filler tobaccos do. Did a nice little wrap up of everything Right towards the end of that And then we got into some of the other stuff Cigar of the Year is McAuliffe Black Gang I'm telling you There's no bigger fan Except for Mr. J than the Aladino stuff If you want to get outside the Aladino The McAuliffe is crazy good It's box worthy By the way If you're a fan of cigars You smoke something and you like it Buy the box Always a discount, always cheaper, as long as you have a humidor, they're never going to go bad, even a year from now or two years from now. Always buy by the box once you decide you like a certain cigar. Say, you don't like saving money. We'll get to a poll update in the second hour as we lead off, and then we have the embedded correspondence filing in here shortly. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around, we'll be right back.